0: Southampton, 93.3 FM.
1: Love is
0: all that
1: I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love. Was made
2: for me and you. Welcome to Love Savers Radio, Ministering the Blessings of Covenant. This is Walter and Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry, called by God to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching, encouraging, strengthening, and praying for the healing of marriages, especially marriages in crisis. Our program is sponsored by Living Water Church, located at 69 Industrial Road in Waynescot. Under the leadership of Pastor Joe Kelly and his lovely wife, Margaret Kelly, Sunday services are at 10 a.m. with a pre-service prayer time that begins at 9.30. Pastor Joe invites you to come and be refreshed. For more information, please call 631-537-2120. That's 631-537-2120. Our special guest today is Ted Cunningham, Pastor Ted Cunningham. He is the founding pastor of Woodland Hills Family Church in Branson, Missouri. Ted and his wife and two children live in Branson. And today we're going to talk about his book, Fun Loving You, Enjoying Your Marriage in the Midst of the Grind. Fun Loving You is published by David C. Cook. And Ted is an author of several books that include Trophy Child, Young and in Love. And he's co-authored four books with the best-selling author, Dr. Gary Smalley. Gary believes that a fun-loving marriage may not be as hard as you think. He believes the decision to enjoy life together flows from the same place that you made the decision to get married and stay together. Gary says that your character makes the decision to enjoy life together. Gary, are you there? Ted, are you there? I'm sorry. Molly
1: is not here, but this is Ted Cunningham. <laughs> well,
2: that's, that's good, Ted. I'm glad I remembered your name. That's a good start. Nothing like I'll first nothing like first impressions.
1: <laughs> hey I, I'll take a backseat to Gary Smalley any day. Don't you worry about that one. I understand.
0: Oh, yeah, There's another Gary that you mentioned in your book you loved, but you wish that he added laughter to his five love languages. Dr. That, Gary Chapman, right? And he was that, our first interview on our first broadcast, and I can understand why you love him. I was in a state of anxiety. Of course, the Lord says be anxious for nothing, but that. That did not work the day of our first broadcast. And Dr. Gary Chapman just kept me laughing. He was just full of humor. And at the end of our interview, I said, I know you believe love is a choice. Is it not, Dr. Chapman? And he said, yes, Sandy, each morning I wake up and I think of how I can enhance the white the life of my spouse and i thought one of the ways he enhances surely is with laughter as your first chapter talks to us about laughter i mean what if the phrase fun loving you described your spouse you would run right home And laughter is so important. Walter, my husband, we pray together in the morning, each morning. And sometimes even before I sit down to pray, he has me rolling on the floor with belly laughs. I mean, he does impersonations. He does imitations. He is such a quick wit. And it is so important for us to have that fun and laughter and enjoyment. And the Bible tells us to. And as you reminded us, the Lord gave adam his wife eve as a companion and companions are supposed to walk the road of life and give us laughter and fun and enjoyment right
1: oh amen Amen. i think i think the message that's getting lost today in the church is we're leading out with this message that marriage is hard it's difficult it's painful and we've got to get back to the message that that God gave us, our spouse, for companionship, for joy. Yeah. Ecclesiastes 9, nine, you know, enjoy life with your wife whom you love all your meaningless days for so this is your lot in life mm-hmm. and in your toilsome labor under the sun. And so we've got to get back to understanding that God gave us marriage not to beat us down and to suck the life out of us so we can be more like Jesus, but that we can truly go each day and enjoy one another. And we've got to find creative ways each day to do that.
0: That's right. Why, and is that the reason why you wrote this book? Because there is a proliferation of great marriage books out there that we so appreciate. Why did you write this one? And must I say, I enjoyed this tremendously. What was the reason for writing this?
1: Yeah, the, the, big, the big reason for writing it, and again, all my friends in, in marriage ministry, Gary Chapman, Gary Smalley, Gary Thomas, you know, great books. And, and the problem, I think, though, with a lot of the materials that we read today, it's because of the brokenness that we see around us. Almost every church that I visit or do a conference at, when you start talking to them about marriage ministry, they automatically go and explain to you what they're doing in the area of crisis and recovery. Yes. Which is fantastic. We all need that ministry That's in our right. church. However, uh, what are we doing about the marriages that are maybe going to rate themselves at a 5 or a 6 on a 10 scale. Uh, you know, we're not divorcing, right. but we're just kind of caught up in the grind of life. There's a large segment of the population where couples are staying married. They're committing for life to one another. We we tend to move to the divorce rate. We tend to move to crisis and recovery and stay there. Scott, I wrote Fun Loving right? You for for yeah. the couple in the church that that they're committed, but they know they can find greater marital satisfaction, and that was really the primary purpose for writing the book.
0: Right, you talk about them being stuck, right? All the ways we get stuck, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah. I cover eight symptoms in the book of a stuck marriage, and and part of the struggle with with the grind, and and I always love teaching about the grind, because uh, Ecclesiastes chapter one, Solomon paints using word pictures from nature, paints a beautiful picture of the grind, you know, just explaining generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. All rivers and streams flow to the sea, but the sea is never full. Uh, The sun rises and the sun sets, and it hurries back to the place from which it came. And he's really doing the same thing that Psalm 90, verse 10 does. Seventy years you have upon this earth, 80 if you're strong, but those years are filled with sorrow and anguish. And so the grind is toilsome. When you see the word toilsome uh, in the the scripture, it means gruesome, it means hard, it means difficult, it means painful. We all understand the grind, right? I'm in the season of the grind that's providing for a family and raising children. Uh, My friend Gary Smalley is in the season of the grind at 73 to where he's taking care of his health and wanting, because his body has found its way into the grind. I I always get concerned when I, I meet someone who's going through a difficult time when they tell me, well, you don't understand what I'm going through. We all have to be very careful as we look around to make sure we don't fall for this lie that that says we're the only one going through the grind right now. Right, Everyone goes through the grind. And the the passion behind this book is to help the couple not allow their marriage to be the grind. I believe that God gave me Amy to go through the grind with And I I refuse to turn her into the grind.
0: Right. Anyway, we talk about laughter, which is lifting us, one of those things that lifts us out of the grind. You talk about it in your first chapter. Almost as a season, too. In Ecclesiastes, the Bible talks about laughter as being a season. So you bring that to it confidence laughter depth what are some methods or tools from your experience to offer couples who are facing the intense grind of life and how can reading your book bring about needed change in one's marriage if you're facing a particular time of pressure
1: yeah the simplest way and, and a mentor of mine years ago and i share this in the book joe white really encouraged me with this. He said, Ted, if you're going to go the distance, if you're going to endure, you're going to have success in ministry, and if you're going to prioritize your marriage in the midst of the grind, you need to do three things. I think, I think everyone can grab hold of these three things and really implement them in their marriage. Number one, you need a daily delay. Number two, a weekly withdrawal. Number three, an annual abandon the daily delay is 15 to 20 minutes a day of uninterrupted distraction-free time where you actually take your your mobile phone, your your smartphone and you put it somewhere else. Yes. You you remove technology from the equation yeah. and and you just you just talk 15 20 minutes and every now and then you can get into the mundane and the routine and the you know dealing with the the grind but I really encourage you to find times each week in that daily delay to protect it from, you know, escalated argument by not getting into the, the, the tough stuff. Just allow it to be fun. Allow it to be um, relaxing and, and distraction-free. And then the weekly withdrawal, we call this a date night. This is oh, time right. away from your home, time away from the kids, time away from work. Same thing. Leave your, leave your smartphone in the car. Uh, find that couple of hours away from the typical dinner and a movie and, and just get back to that curiosity and fascination you had early in your marriage where you, you asked great questions. Uh, you, you, you would dig deep into the heart of your spouse. I tell guys this all the time. She did not fall in love with you because you were a hard worker. She did not fall in love with you because of, of your paycheck. She fell in love with you because at some point in the dating relationship, you got into her heart. She, she allowed you in, and whether you asked great questions or she shared with you, and when you understood what was going on in her heart, you did not judge her. You did not try to change her, manipulate her, or control her. You just listened to what was in her heart, and then you received it. You actually lived in fascination. There were probably times early in your relationship where you said the word, tell me more. That's what a date night does. A date mm-hmm. night gets away and says, "I just want to find out what's going on in you." And when I do find out, I'm not going to try to change you or control you. I'm going to I'm going to let you be you. And then I love the annual abandon. This is a this is a night or two away a year yes. uh, that you can anticipate. The
0: getaway, the annual getaway. The, the, yes.
1: Yeah, the getaway so powerful for couples to be able to look forward to something. I, I tell couples, because the primary reason they don't do this this third one is uh, they say, we have no money and we have children. And so I, I tell them, find grandparents. They don't even have to be yours. Uh, find uh, price line dates. You know, get get a five-star hotel for 49 bucks at the, you know, right season of the year. But you can uh, prioritize the daily delay of the weekly withdrawal and the annual abandon.
0: Yes. You let us... Um No. Could you please tell us the role and importance of how you see exclusivity in marriage? What is to be made exclusive, or how is exclusivity used?
1: Yeah, today I think, especially among young people and 20 and 30-somethings getting married, they really don't know how to distinguish between desire and exclusivity. Desire says, I want you. Exclusivity says, I want only you. And Fun Loving You, the whole book and through, There's if, if you dig into the book, you'll see there are I hundreds did, yes. and hundreds and hundreds of questions, fill in the blanks, uh, conversation starters to move a couple towards exclusivity. The goal is that you move beyond the just, I want you, I want to be with you, it's I want only you i want to be with only you and that's a big difference young people today I, and it's primarily because a lot of our churches and a lot of our homes are doing what i grew up in where we are we're teaching kids how to honor purity rather than marriage hebrews 13:4 nice. says marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure yes you know in the church i grew up in very conservative church We focused on the marriage bed kept pure part. We didn't put a lot of time and energy into the marriage should be honored by all. The word honored there means to esteem as highly valuable. In other words, we should be teaching our young people. I have an 8-year-old and a 10-year-old. I'm already teaching them how to esteem marriage as highly valuable, and marriage is the exclusivity of one man, one woman for one lifetime. And I would even add in there, it's one man enjoying one woman for a lifetime. And and that's that's what we need to get back to, helping our young people with relationship formation, not just the messages that a lot of our youth groups teach. Don't wait, stop, quit, don't don't do that. We need to to begin painting this beautiful picture of marriage in our homes. We need to be able to you know, from the pulpit in our churches, we need to be painting a beautiful picture of marriage so our kids aren't doing what we're seeing in the next generation right now is we're we're seeing the unnecessary delay of marriage. A lot of that reason, as young people have said, I don't need it. I'll, I'll fulfill my desires, but I don't need to do it within marriage. We yes, need to get you, back
0: to... Right. You talk about prioritizing man and, marriage, and that man and woman is the king. They are the king and queen, and the children, they're loyal subjects, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Everybody <laughs> has to have their proper place in marriage to get that prioritizing right. And to give the children a feeling, which is all they want, to know that their mom and dad love each other. And it brings them up so healthy that way.
1: Yeah, that's an important part of fun loving, you too. that a lot of couples believe, hey, we stayed committed. Our kids saw that. But your kids also need to see that you enjoy one another. I talk to a lot of college students when I visit college campuses, and they tell me, you know, my mom and dad stayed together, but I don't even know if they like each other. Yeah. We have to get back, and in our home, it's the princess and the queen. I told my daughter when she was five <laughs> right. years old there's only one queen in this house, right. and you ain't her. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you can't let things get in between there as much as you love them, you have to stand together and know where that respect and honor goes, right? You love talking about sex and you do so in a redemptive way. If I could use that phrase, why is it important to be open in our discussions that way in marriage? And is there a need to reclaim its holiness and pleasure for marriage since it's modeled so often cheaply in our own culture?
1: Oh, and that's what we found. We, we put in the book 52 questions to help couples start talking about sexual intimacy in marriage because what we've discovered in our counseling and our marriage intensives that we do here in Branson, most couples, they don't even feel comfortable talking about it. So you can imagine how cold the bedroom can get if, if we won't even allow ourselves to have the conversation. If, if, uh, if you want to go to our website... Uh, woodhills.org that's our church website we have the 52 questions that we put in the book we have that on an intimacy menu broken down into the categories of frequency performance and endurance and we just allow couples to sit down first time we gave this out at our church we said here's a two-hour burning candle go home light this candle and you and your spouse have a two-hour conversation about sex one bubba came back to me the next week and he said hey pastor Found out you light that candle under a ceiling fan it only takes about forty-five minutes. <laughs> That's good. So, uh, but what we've discovered, we've had couples. I've, I can't tell you the number of, number of spouses that come up to me and say, "Hey, I just want to say thank you for that menu," because we didn't realize we were afraid to talk about it. This was a subject, and I think a lot of that comes from the homes that we grow up in, the churches we grow up in, where we were taught to keep the marriage bed pure with the message of "don't wait, stop, quit it." And no one shared with us the beauty that God has created of intimacy between a husband and a wife. Nobody ever shared that with us. And so we think walking down an aisle saying, I do, flips the switch and automatically, here we go. We forget that marriage and sexual intimacy are, are to be discipled among young people, not just instructed, but we need to walk alongside young couples, young singles, Young, engaged couples, you know, preparing for marriage, even. We need to walk alongside and disciple them in this area. Yes. Teach them the beauty of it.
0: And I remember one word that you use often in that regard, and it is gentle. You've Mm. developed the fun-loving-you list, and it's a wonderful way, like you say, of turning the negative, (laughs) annoying, and frustrating into the positive, fun, and enjoyable. Part of the intent here is to raise the value of your spouse, which in turn increases your desire for him or her. Have you used this tool in your own marriage, and what were the results? And we will close with that.
1: Oh, absolutely. In counseling, we call it confirmation bias. You know, we make decisions, and then we look for the evidence to back up those decisions. When you make the decision that your spouse is valuable, and, and in the book, you'll see, I wrote 25 reasons why Amy is valuable. She wrote down 25 reasons why I am valuable. We've made the decision that our marriage is valuable and each other, we are valuable. We've made that decision. Now we want to spend our days looking for the evidence that backs up all of those decisions that we make. got to remember, great marriages do not flow from chemistry and compatibility, as you would think, as you but, turn on the matchmaking commercials. What
0: character... Great
1: marriages flow from character, and your decisions don't come from chemistry or compatibility. Your decisions flow from your character. Right.
0: And I'm going to leave you now with a thought that you brought to us from Dr. Scott Stanley at the University of Colorado, Denver, which was especially illuminating to you. So I want to share it with our listeners, and it is this. Commitment is making a choice to give up all other choices. Thank you Amen. for that, Ted.
2: Ted, we want to thank you for being with us today, and hope, hopefully we can talk again in the future. And uh, where can uh, the listeners uh, find out more about your ministry and the other resources that you have available?
1: If they go to tedcunningham.com, it takes them to our church website. Uh, our church website is woodhills.org. Okay. Woodhills.org.
2: Okay, great. Well, again, we want to thank you. And someday, uh, we've been always talking about going to Branson because we've heard so many good things about it. And maybe someday God will allow, give us the grace to get out there.
0: I've been begging, right? She's been begging.
1: Have a fun, loving marriage and bring her. Yes.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much. You're absolutely right. You're a blessing, Ted. Bring her, and you will be. My guest. Oh, Amen. wow. Amen. Well, oh. that, listen, how can, I, how can we turn that invitation down? <laughs> right, I promise I'll that's never...
1: That's exactly
0: right. Yeah. Oh, you'll hear from us. Yes. Anyway, the marriage mantra for today is a cheerful heart is good medicine. And we want to share with you, again, that commitment is making a choice to give up all other choices and remind you that that means always... So as a reminder, we're going to treat you to an old Patsy Cline rendition of
2: Always. Thank you, Ted.
0: Not for just an hour Not for just a day
2: Not
0: for just a year But always
2: We want to thank you for listening to Love Savers Radio today. And we'll be back again next week at the same time. And if you have any questions or you want to email us, you can email us at lovesavers1 at AOL.com. Our website is www.lovesaversministry.com. And we're available to conduct Lovesavers marriage seminars at your church. We're also available to talk to you for individual prayer time. You can call us at 917-804-5034. That's 917-804-5034. Until next time, God bless you.
0: For just a year But
1: always